athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Thank you for joining me on another edition of the program. Hope you had an absolutely wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving and are having a great weekend. You know, one of the things we do uh, at my household with my family on Thanksgiving, we talk about the things that we are thankful for. And that's where I want to begin today here on the program. And I want to ask you the question, what are some of the things that you are thankful for? I mean, there's many, many things that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful first and foremost uh, that God has given me uh, my health, that I am uh, healthy. And uh, for the most part, I mean, you know, some 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 work, some work, work I need to do, you know, in in some uh, departments. But for the most part, I mean, I feel good. I'm healthy. um, And so that is uh, one of the things that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for my family, for having family to be able to share uh, Thanksgiving with. Uh, I mean, just just extremely important to me to be able to have family to be able to share uh thanksgiving with thankful for my life i mean i i i i enjoy uh my life and um everything all of god's blessings um so thankful uh for those things um and i'm thankful to you right like you come in and uh, and support and uh, listen to this show every week. You tell people about the show. You, uh, so listen. I, I, you know, I'm thankful for this show. I mean, to be able to do this, like, especially for more than 17 years now, each and uh, pretty much each and every week for 17 years. I mean, that you know, I'm 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 thankful for that. Proud of that. Proud to be able to do that, and and thankful for you. And that's. You know, that's one of the reasons that uh, uh, that really keeps me going and, and rocking and rolling with this each and every week. So I say thank you. So those are some of the things that I'm thankful for. I want to know some of the things that you, in fact, are thankful for. Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. We've got a good show lined up for you today here on the program. I'm going to set the table in terms of the guests that are going to join us today i'm going to tell you let me tell you who should be thankful when you talk about college football uh ohio state michigan tcu all should be thankful all remain two three and four in the college football playoff with georgia being number one but i think what is interesting about all four is none of the four teams blue 
or, or not necessarily blew their respective opponent out, but they were some close games for the most part. I mean, you know, and that's fine. I mean, you have Georgia getting by Kentucky by 10 points. I mean, listen, <clears throat> this is sort of where I said I think it's interesting because I think, if I'm not mistaken, at one time Georgia was top team and then they may have had a bye and uh, maybe not played the greatest of opponents and all of a sudden you saw Georgia slip to number three and I thought that was so interesting and to me one that 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 facilitates a poll uh, right of course we have the HBCU coaches and media polls here at Box to Row so it's one that facilitates a poll and then one that is voted on polls in the past to me and, and listen if you win Al Davis said it best just win, baby. And if you win, right, I don't think that that should determine that you, whether it's not against the greatest opponent or it wasn't in great fashion or it wasn't pretty or you didn't get a bunch of style points for it. If you win the game, to me, you don't drop in the poll. And we've seen that, right? Like we've seen that happen here in college football just this year. And we see it happen quite a bit. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll give you this. I mean, there's going to be times where a, a, a game, it won't be, a team will win and it won't be pretty, but another team would have won a game and it would have been pretty. And you may give credence to that team, right? And I've seen that. And, you know, maybe I don't necessarily have a great a great problem with that depending upon the situation. But I think if you're Georgia, you're Ohio State, you're Michigan, you're TCU, you, <clears throat> excuse me, it's hard enough to win. So I think you should just, if you win, you get kudos for that. So, but this is the other thing. I look at the teams that are on the heels specifically of a TCU because I talked about this last week. And, and of course, I mean, it's sort of a mute point now because Tennessee got beat, but I mean, I thought Tennessee at number five should have been should have been uh, should have been actually number four, but that turned out not to be the case. It turns out not to be the case because Tennessee lost. But where the top four are right now, I'm fine with. I think if well, these top four are not going to go undefeated, obviously, because Ohio State and Michigan are playing this weekend, so somebody's got to lose. But when I look at the teams that are on the heels, right, I look at LSU at number five, I look at uh, USC at number six, I look at Alabama at number seven, and I look at Clemson at number eight. I, I don't think Clemson has a shot of getting in. A, the loss to Notre Dame. B, it's not a, you're not, you're, you're playing in the ACC, so you're not playing a very strong Schedule. I mean, I'll give I'll give them you know a good win over you know Florida State. I mean that's fine, but I mean still at the end of the day, it's you know ACC is not strong. So to me, you know I think LSU could could make a move. But when I really like I really went back, okay, and I really really went back and looked at LSU's schedule. Okay, two losses, uh, to Tennessee, who at the time 
was really, really strong. But that win now, I mean, that that loss, and it got beat down, actually. You know, so that, that loss is maybe exacerbated a little bit because Tennessee has sort of fallen. But, I mean, if I look at LSU's schedule, first of all, a loss to Florida State, uh, you know, beat Southern, beat Mississippi State, beat New Mexico. I mean, okay, you know, th- I mean, those aren't great wins. Beat Auburn. I mean, I, you know, it's a, it's it's an SEC game, and that I mean that, that that's you know can't take anything away from that. Again, lost to Tennessee, beat Florida. Okay, SEC win. Beat Mississippi. Okay, ranked, no doubt, SEC win. Beat Alabama. Uh, which is which is a really really good win, particularly at the time. Slid by Arkansas, and then uh, beat UAB this past weekend. Which of course you expect, you know, you expect LSU to kind of do that. So I mean, I guess you know it's 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 a, it's a solid schedule. It's not not like you know, I'm not overwhelmed by what LSU has done. This year, so I guess my point is, I mean, I thought, I think if TCU falls, because again, as I mentioned, I laid out my thoughts about TCU last week. Who again? I mean, TCU's got Iowa State this weekend, and TCU, uh, you know, has had an okay has has had an okay schedule. I mean, I'd be comfortable if TCU lost with moving TCU out of the top five. And the thing about it. We can talk about week to week, like week to week where a team is ranked is cool. It doesn't really it, it's it's good for talk radio. It's good to have conversations about it. It's good to to talk about where who where each team, each program should be ranked. I mean, I think at the end of the day, however, it's about that final poll. And we've seen this. I mean, you can. You know, shortly after the after we started the college football playoff, I mean, I'll go back to this. I think I can't remember if it was Baylor or TCU who had won, had, had gone undefeated, and it, it was in like the top four for the college football playoff. And I can't remember if it's 2015, 2016, something like that, and still ended up on the outside. So, like, it's good conversation to have throughout the course of the week on a week-by-week basis. It's all about what happens at the end. And, I mean, listen, you've got these teams that, you know, have big games this weekend. I mean, even if I look at a at an SC, right, like USC, I mean, USC's got to beat Notre Dame. I, I, I can't I, – that – I don't know about that. That's going to be a tough task for USC. And just think where Notre Dame could be – had it not faltered early in the season. I mean, the win against Clemson was huge. I mean, it, 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 you know, I know Notre Dame lost a, another game uh, more recently, but just think where Notre Dame could ultimately be right now. I think your top seven are going to be your final seven. Anything below that, Clemson, Oregon, Tennessee, Penn State, can forget about being in the final poll in the college football playoff. Ohio State and Michigan are going to drop out, okay? But let's say LSU loses. Let's say Southern Cal loses. Let's say Alabama wins. Does Alabama jump back in to the top four with two losses? Hard to say, but it's a lot to really have a conversation about. Listen, joining us today here on the program, Tulane head football coach Willie Fritz. 
the Green Wave ranked number 19 uh, in the country. Also joining us today on the program, Washington Commanders defensive tackle Jonathan Allen and my NFL predictions as Box to Row rolls on. Has someone in your family lost a job recently and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? We can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents or having to waste time showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your house to foreclosure. If you have equity in your home, we'll buy your home and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call now before your situation gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just need anymore and get the cash you need today. Call this number now. Call 800-507-3116. That's 800-507-3116. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsborough. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. The Tulane Green Wave. 9-2 on the season. Ranked number 19. Coming off the victory over SMU. In his seventh season as the head football coach at Tulane is Willie Fritz, big game this weekend, nationally televised on ABC against Cincinnati. As Willie Fritz, the head football coach at Tulane, joins us here to the program. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Let's start with the victory over SMU. Your thoughts on that win? Well, our guys played really well. It was uh, they've uh, really been putting up points. It, 77 points a few weeks ago against uh, Houston and really explosive offense. We did a good job of you know, minimizing their effectiveness throughout the game. They, they got a couple late touchdowns, but I thought our defense played well. We bent a little bit, but we didn't break and had some big kick returns and, and the special teams that gave us good starting field position in our, our offense. Uh, you know, we did an excellent job running the football and that opened up some play action pass for some deep plays. So, just a, a really good game in all three phases. 
No question about that. Your thoughts on how your team is playing as a whole so far this season? We're doing a good job. You know, we're, we're uh, played tough schedule. Had some, you know, I think the American Athletic Conference is a really underrated conference. Uh, good from top to bottom. Uh, you know, I think we've got three teams ranked top 25 right now. Uh, you know, played K State early in the in the year, so I've been happy with our our progress throughout the season. We had a couple hiccups, uh, you know, but uh, otherwise we've we've really played you know spot on. You know, I want to talk to you a little bit about last season. You had some circumstances. Hurricane Ida hit New Orleans, and you know you had to spend some time away from campus just on how difficult last season was? Well, there's a lot of things, you know, that occurred. You know, I didn't do as good a job as I needed to as a head coach. And I'm sure the assistants feel the same way and, and uh, players as well. You know, we all got uh, displaced over to Birmingham, Alabama for 27 nights. Uh, it was just different, you know. Uh, we also had a really tough schedule. I don't want to act like it just that because it hurt me. We, we had such a poor record, but uh, you know, there's a lot of things, but I think that's helped us this season. I, you know, I had some of the guys tell me they felt like they all got a little closer during that time, and we were sequestered, uh, sequestered in a, you know, a, a, that hotel. We, everybody brought their pets. We had about 31 dogs and a bunch of cats, and and uh, so it gave us an opportunity to get a little closer. And and, uh, and I always give the players credit. We we made the best of a bad situation. Uh, we got back here. I think I had 12 guys who had to live in a hotel the whole semester because of, uh, you know, their house, uh, uh, a bunch of damage to their houses. Same thing with a few of my coaches as well. So it was just a different season. Thank goodness it, it didn't happen this year. It, you know, it was the first time it happened in my tenure here at Tulane. But uh, uh, this season's gone a lot smoother. And, you know, you've been doing this, obviously, 30 years as a head coach. So, you know, I like the way that, uh, I asked the question, and you said it wasn't solely about the hurricane. There were other factors. Maybe you, your staff, didn't do as good a job as you would have liked. So that said, what are some of the differences between last year and this year? I mean, you're talking about one of the best turnarounds in college football. You only had two wins last year. You already have nine this season. Well, I think the big difference is we've got a lot of experienced players. I've got a bunch of guys that have you know, played over 2,000 snaps of Division One college football, quite a few of them. And a very mature group. I think 19 of the guys have already graduated. A bunch of them are working on their master's degree. Um, you know, they they, get, they prepare really well during the week. Uh, you know, I always talk about how there's two components to playing great on Saturday. Number one, you got to prepare, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, leading up to kickoff Saturday. And then uh, you got to be able to flip the switch when the game begins and have that juice and energy that's so important to have and be locked in for three, three and a half hours, however long the ball game is. And our guys have done a really good job of that all all season long. And, and uh, uh, when you do that, you got an opportunity to win. And, and, and uh, I think our coaches have done an excellent job of preparing our guys. Uh, you know, it's sometimes you prepare them and you know they, they execute the game plan and. It wasn't as good a game plan as you, you should have had. 
know, by and large, I think our coaches have done a phenomenal job of putting our guys in the right positions to be successful. Willie Fritz, the head football coach at Tulane, joins us here on the program for you, Coach Fritz. And you've been at many, many levels, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. What does it mean to have this program, the Green Wave, ranked number 19 in the country? And it's the first time that Tulane has been ranked in 24 years. Well, that's big. I'm, 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 I'm just really proud of everybody that's put time, effort, and energy, you know, into the program. You know, we, we don't have all the bells and whistles here. We've got, we've got some things to sell that are, you know, a lot of people don't have. We've got, you know, I tell these guys all the time they have an opportunity to get a world class education here at Tulane. It's a great academic institution. You know, we're playing a great conference, as I said before. I, I think the American is an excellent conference, and, and then. We're in the iconic city of New Orleans, you know, so those are the things we sell. We may not have a, you know, a big weight room or, you know, a, a huge stadium or practice fields or all those different kind of things, but we've uh, we've got some great things to sell. And to get the right guys in here, you know, that's enough. And, and we've done a really nice job recruiting guys who, who share our vision, and uh, that's what's led us to be successful here. What are your thoughts? Where do you stand on college football playoff expansion? I think they should have it. I really do. You got the bowl games. I, I, I think it'd be really simple to tie it into the bowl games, which they're kind of doing now. But I think they ought to do it that way. You know, hundred percent. And and uh, you know, there's you know, there's just uh, some some teams. You know, you talk about uh, you know, any given uh, Sunday, right? The old movie. <laughs> title you got the same thing on saturday any any given saturday there's a bunch of teams out there that can win and, and beat a lot of people and i think it's uh you know the they've tried to differentiate between the power five and the group of five and all those different kind of things but you know there's been a lot of uh what people call upsets this season so i, I think it just gives more uh notoriety to college football by expanding from four to 12 teams and I think it'll be really uh, successful and exciting and hopefully they they uh, find a way to you know include it with the bowls as well and and uh, you don't lose that either because I I do think for for teams to win you know seven eight games you know we, we were in bowl games three years in a row it was a big deal for us and our school because they hadn't done it for a long time so I I certainly don't want to lose the bowl games, but I do think expansion is, is a good thing for college football. Willie Fritz in his seventh season as the head football coach at Tulane joins us here on the program. Your quarterback, Michael Pratt, has thrown for 2,200 yards or over 2,200 yards. He's got 20 touchdowns to four interceptions. What has he meant to this program and to this offense? You know, it means an awful lot to our program. He's a, he's a great representative of, uh, of you know, the, the student body, not just football players, but, you know, everybody here at Tulane. He's an excellent student. He's uh, very active in the community, very active on campus, and, uh, you know, as smart of a student as he is, he's just as smart a football player. So uh, we're, we're really happy and proud to have him. He's uh just, uh, you know, you have guys like this uh, occasionally and, and you love having them at the quarterback position because that's such a, you know, such a key cog to your, 
for your success. And, uh, you know, it's great when you have a, a guy playing that important position is who's that good of a person. So he's meant a tremendous amount to Tulane and also to our football program. You mentioned the AAC. You've got a very tough game against Cincinnati nationally televised. What are some of the concerns you have about Cincinnati? Well, they, they really, uh, you know, well coach, Coach Fickle and his staff do a, do a tremendous job and don't get out of position very much. And and uh, they play like I hope they think that we play. They play real hard. They're really physical, tough. You know, they're going to you know be into it from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. They really compete uh, defensively. They've, they're one of the top defenses in the nation. Do a good job of, of causing a lot of havoc on their D-line, linebackers, also their secondary. They lost some great players last year. I think they had seven draft picks, and uh, one of them was the third pick in the entire draft. Uh, the corner that went to uh, the Jets. But, uh, you know, they're just a really uh, tough, hard-nosed football team that plays complementary football, offense, defense, and then their kicking games. One of the top kicking games in the country. Last thought, Coach Fritz, and we appreciate the time. You've been at every level, literally, junior college, Division II, FCS, and now FBS. You led, uh, you, you won two national championships at the junior college level. You took Sam Houston State to two national championship games. You've had success everywhere. You've been now at Tulane. When you reflect upon your career, what most comes to your mind? Oh, I just think it's the relationships you you, you have with your you know former players and coaches. And, you know, I've just been really lucky to be around excellent coaches and uh, also uh, you know excellent players. And uh, you know, just hopefully you've had a positive impact on them. Uh, I'm very hands-on with these guys and I set a standard I expect them to you know understand what the standard is and you know going to class and treating people right and doing things right and not just playing the game and you know I'm probably a little too old school sometimes <laughs> but uh you know it's just the relationships that's probably the number one thing that you know I'm most uh proud of and what I remember the most is uh just uh, different guys that you've uh hopefully helped along the way Old school is good because you've had success everywhere you've been. Willie Fritz in his seventh season as the head football coach at Tulane, joining us here on the program, the Green Wave, with a big nationally televised game against Cincinnati. Coach Fritz, we appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Green Wave. Thank you. Roll wave. Willie Fritz has gotten it done on all levels. Still to come, Commander's defensive tackle Jonathan Allen. But up next, some thoughts for Week 12 in the National Football League. This is the Thanksgiving edition of the Botch to Row Blitz. I'm Donald Ware. Hope you had a wonderful turkey day. First, let me take you to Jackson, Mississippi for the matchup between Alcorn State and Jackson State. Could Alcorn State come away with the upset? We're going to move to about midway through the second quarter with Jackson State 
having the 14-7 lead. Old Corn State had possession. Takes the snap, fakes to Howard, has time, fires along the far side. It's picked off! Intercepted! That's Travis Hunter. He slips the tackle at the 30. He's up to the 20. He'll take it inside the 15-10 and all the way in for the touchdown. This is first pick six at Jackson State. He throws the ball into the crowded barrier. The barrier falls down. Fans spill onto the field. This place is going wild. The extra point was good, and the Tigers led 17-7, but Travis Hunter was not done. Let's move to the fourth quarter. Jackson State with the 17-13 lead and possession. Shadour in the shotgun with Santi to his left shoulder. He takes a snap, short drop, tosses it in the end zone for Travis. It is, oh, it's, it's incomplete. He made the catch, but they're saying it was incomplete. Wow. Looked like he may have had one foot inbounds, and that's all you need in college. Will they review this? I believe Coach Prime may ask for a review. That's my man, the Hall of Famer, Rob J. On the JSU Sports Radio Network, the play was reviewed, the touchdown stood, and Jackson State defeated Alcorn State 24-13. Travis Hunter with a pick six and a touchdown reception named HBCU National Player of the week. Now, I'm going to take you to Baltimore for the matchup between Howard and Morgan State. A win by the Bison means a share of the MEAC title. Let's move to early in the third quarter with Howard having the 14 to nothing lead and possession. Williams, short drop. Got some time. He'll float it in zone. Wide open. Touchdown. Brennan Brown. And the Bison led 21 to nothing. The quarterback, Quentin Williams, wasn't done making plays. Quentin Williams, the quarterback, gets snapped to give Jared Hunter. He'll pass to Williams. And guess what? Nobody covers the quarterback, so he is wide open in the end zone for a touchdown. And one more from Quentin Williams. Quarterback keeps it. Fooled Morgan, and Quentin Williams is in the end zone on the quarterback keeper. 15 yards to pay dirt. The mentor, Lamont Germany on WEAA in Baltimore. The trifecta for Quentin Williams. Rushed for a touchdown, threw for a touchdown, caught a touchdown pass as the Bison rolled past Morgan State 35-6 to to claim a share of the MEAC title. Now to Huntsville, Alabama, where Alabama A&M was hosting Arkansas Pine Bluff. We're going to move to the fourth quarter with about six minutes remaining. And Alabama A&M down 20-10. Langford's going to fake the run. Look down the middle of the field. He's got a receiver caught. The 10-5 touchdown Bulldog. To Cameron Young, 34 yards. And the Bulldogs pull to within 20-17. Now let's move to about a minute remaining in the fourth quarter. Same score, Alabama A&M driving. Langford will take it. He'll go right up the middle. Langford still on his feet. 30, 25, 15, 10, 5. That was my man Ted Dixie on WJAB in Huntsville. Langford with the 38-yard touchdown run, the game winner as the Bulldogs defeated Arkansas Pine Bluff 24-20. The Bulldogs came back from down 20-3 in the fourth quarter. And in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Fowler out of the gun. They give us to Tootin once again. Tootin cuts there it out. He's got the goal. It's a foot race. One man to beat. He beats him. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, 
Aggies. North Carolina A&T running back Basial Tootin with a 61-yard touchdown run for the Aggies was not enough as A&T fell to Gardner-Webb 38-17 in the Big South Championship game. Yours truly and Al Swan on the Aggie Sports Radio Network. Box to Row, the radio show, airs weekly on radio stations across the country as well as Fridays, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific, on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM, Channel 84, and Saturdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific Time, on Sirius XM, Channel 142. To listen to the show or for more information, log on to BoxToRow.com. If you've listened to this program for any amount of years, you know I love talking National Football League, and we do it quite often here on the program. You know, I talked a lot of I, I talked a lot about Dallas, the Cowboys, and specifically Dak Prescott on last week's show and talked about how, you know, I just didn't really think that uh, you know, I, th- I think Dak is is solid but not one that can take you over the top and while uh, the cow he he had a solid game against the Vikings, much better a much better game than how I spoke about my thoughts on him last week. And I'm going to tell you what, the Cowboys absolutely railroaded the Vikings. I never saw that coming. You know, I did talk about last week that I thought Kirk Cousins was legit, but he took me back to a guy that, while is a a good quarterback, I mean, he's good, he's going to, he's got good touch, he, he's going to find the open receiver. He just cannot step up in big football games and that has been that has been sort of what has happened throughout the course of his career it was one year I think in the playoffs maybe they beat the Saints in overtime maybe going back a couple of years ago when he was with the Vikings but I mean when you need when it's a big time game a lot of pressure coming into a game Kirk Cousins just cannot deliver nor has he been able to deliver for uh, for whether it's been the Commanders or, uh, well, the then Redskins and now the Commanders or the Vikings. He just has not been able to really, really deliver when you need it. And I, you know, I talked about this last week. I said, okay, this is this game will show me what both teams are made of. To me, the Cowboys still a good football team, uh, an elitish type of defense the offense I mean a good running game not still not sold on Dak but I'm going to give him a lot of credit obviously he had a he had a good and a strong game against the Vikings but it you know I'm trying to think if, if this was more of a referendum on how good the Cowboys are or that the Vikings aren't that great I think it may be a little bit of both I, I don't think I mean I, I still think that the Eagles are the best team in the National Football League. I don't think anymore that the Vikings are the second best team. As a matter of fact, I think the Chiefs are the second best team in the National Football League. I mean, Patrick Mahomes continues to just wow that defense is coming around. The Vikings, are they still in my top five? Maybe. But, I mean, this was more, I think if I had to say it's more of a referendum on the Cowboys being a a really good team and that defense stepped up something absolutely tremendous. I was eight and five on my picks on last week and I'm going to give you my picks for this weekend. Obviously we played three games so 
far. Let's start with the Texans and the Dolphins. So the Texans showed me a little bit of something last week. I mean, well, a little bit of something. Especially in the second half, I think the defense was a little bit better um, against the Commanders defensively. I think the defense is solid. The offense is not good at all. Meanwhile, the Dolphins are really, really good. We know what the offense is all about. Tua Tungavailoa, the wide receivers led by Tyreek Hill, Waddell. The running game is solid. The defense is solid. No doubt in my mind that the Dolphins beat the Texans in Miami. The Titans and the Bengals. So this is an interesting one because the Bengals are sort of starting to come around. I don't think they're they're forming into shape like what we saw last year around this time when they began to make that Super Bowl run. But it's still a solid football team with a solid win last week, albeit a comeback against the Steelers, who just aren't a very good football team. I like the Titans. I mean, I look at the Titans. I mean, the Titans play some smash-mouth football. Like, I'm not sold totally on the Titans, uh, but you, you talk about the running game. It's absolutely tremendous, and really, I'm not sold on uh, the Bengals really fully. So I'm going to go with the Titans over the Bengals in Nashville. The Broncos and the Panthers. So the Broncos, I, I, you know, it was a tough game to pick last week between the Broncos and the Raiders, and I actually picked the Broncos in the game, and the Raiders ended up winning uh, the game in sort of dramatic fashion. The Broncos are just terrible. It's a terrible football team, not playing well at all. Um, the Panthers just can't get out of their own way, and Baker Mayfield has been, I mean, I think one of the more disappointments in the National Football League this year has been the play of Baker Mayfield. I think there was I think there was some excitement around around uh, Baker Mayfield coming to the Panthers and what that could be, especially with the defense, and it just has not gone well at all. Baker Mayfield has been bad, and this is a tough game to pick because the Broncos are just so bad, and the Panthers just are bad offensively. But I'm going to go with the Panthers. I think the Panthers still have a solid defense despite the quarterback, and I'm going to go with the Panthers over the Broncos in Charlotte. The Bears and the Jets. So you've got a, you've got an issue right in New York with the Jets. Um, Jets' defense is good. I mean, the Jets couldn't score. I mean, in, in, in the way that the Patriots won that game last week against the Jets with the punt return for the touchdown, Zach Wilson has just been he just hasn't been good. I mean, I don't know if Flacco and the other quarterback are the answer. Uh, either one of those guys is the answer anyway. I mean, I look at this Bears team as sort of upstart, but um, you know, especially with Justin Fields. But like for me, that Jets defense is elitish. Uh, it, it's played well. I, I, I think the Jets can't get any worse than than ultimately they did last week against the Patriots, so therefore I'm going to go with the Jets over the Bears in Jersey. The Commanders and the Falcons. So the Commanders are playing decent football. A couple of wins here in a row. Big win going back to the Monday night game against the Eagles. Probably could have beaten the uh, the Vikings, and so that's their only loss in like the last six games. So the, the Commanders are playing some pretty good football. Um you know, I look at the Falcons and, I mean, the South, the NFC South is is for the taking.
but I'm not sure if the if the Falcons are the ones that are going to be able to take it. I just like the way Taylor, Taylor Heineke is playing, but more importantly for the Commanders, I like the way the Commanders' defense is playing. This is not a great offense that the Falcons have, and I'm going to go with the Commanders over the Falcons in the DMV. The Buccaneers and the Browns. So the Bucan- the Browns just aren't good. I mean, it, it, it just it, you know, Jacoby Brissett had a pretty good football game last week. The Browns still lost that football game. The Buccaneers, meanwhile, I think are starting to kind of come around um, a little bit, and I think they're ultimately going to take the NFC South. Um, I, I, you know, I just don't think the Browns are very good, and it's not by default. I think the Buccaneers, like I said, are starting to kind of come around defensively, offensively as well. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers over the Browns in Cleveland. The Ravens and the Jaguars. So, the, you know, the Ravens are, are, are an interesting team. You know, Lamar Jackson, there's something. I, I like Lamar Jackson. Um, it, there's, it, there's just something that's not quite there right now with him. I think the, the defense for the Ravens, has uh, has played uh, has played well. Good win last week for the Ravens. I look at the Jaguars, and it's still an up and coming team. Um, and Lamar Jackson had a much better second half than he had a first. I'm definitely going to go with the Ravens over the Jaguars in Jacksonville. The Seahawks and the Raiders. So the Raiders just aren't very good. I mean, I think the Seahawks are somewhat legit. But I'm not super sold on the Seahawks. Uh, that said, I think Geno Smith has played well. I think the defense has been solid. Uh, I think the Raiders, just for whatever reason, aren't very good. Uh, you know, Derek Carr hasn't been bad, but they just haven't gotten it together. The Seahawks are still uh, in the in the you know in the running for the NFC West and for a playoff berth. And I like the Seahawks over the Raiders in Seattle. The Chargers and the Cardinals. So the Cardinals just aren't a very good football team. That's just the bottom line. Not playing well, not a good team. The Chargers, on the other hand, like aren't great. Like the Chargers, I mean, you could talk about injuries all you want, right? That's that's fine and dandy. Chargers just aren't aren't playing up to what I think a lot of people thought that the Chargers should play up to. I never, you know, again, as I continue to say, I wasn't sold on the Chargers beginning of the season that said I think the Cardinals are just a bad football team and I'm going to go with the Chargers over the Cardinals in Arizona the Saints and the 49ers so the Saints aren't a good team pulled it out you know obviously last week uh the 49ers are 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 coming around um for that NFC West title and the defense is really starting to come around I like the 49ers over the Saints in um, I, 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 Santa Clara, I believe, is where they play. The Rams and the Chiefs. So the Chiefs, again, second best team to me in the National Football League. The Rams aren't a very good team at all uh, right now. Fugazi, as I've continued to say about the Rams, when you go back uh, to last season, all of the hype for this season, I like the Chiefs over the Rams in Kansas City. The Packers and the Eagles, that's the Sunday night game. Um, the Packers, mm-mm. nope, definitely going with the Eagles. Uh, elite 
team, well, not elite team, but a good team. Jalen Hurts is really, really good. The offense, the defense, all of that. I like the Eagles over the Packers in Philly. The Monday night game is the Colts and the Steelers. The Colts almost beat the Eagles. Eagles got the touchdown late. And, you know, again, I, I, I had no problem with the Jeff Saturday hire. He's got them playing a lot better. The Steelers just aren't a very good football team. And I like the Colts over the Steelers in Indy. So we've got some key matchups as we, what, are in week 12 already? When you're talking about the National Football League as we're on the back half or in, in golf terms, the back nine of the season of the National Football League with, what, five, six games remaining as teams jockey for position. The NFC still pretty much wide open, particularly from uh, the at-large spots in terms of the playoffs where you have three. There's still so – I mean, there's still so much that's up in the air. And really in the AFC, for that matter, I mean, you have basically the Eagles that are running away uh, with things in the NFC and the Chiefs, for the most part, in AFC. Speaking about the National Football League, we're going to be joined – by a gentleman, one of the best defensive tackles in all of the league. Find out who I'm talking to next as Box to Row rolls on. Stick around and see who's wagging their tongue next with Donald Ware. From the press box to press row. The old renaissance is the new renaissance, standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company, uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsborough. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. BoxToRow.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the Game of the Week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. BoxToRow.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? BoxToRow.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. Track down the names making news in sports from the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Jonathan Allen is in his sixth season in the National Football League, all with the Washington Commanders. Former first round pick out of Alabama. 
in the 2017 NFL Draft, making his first Pro Bowl last year on his way to another Pro Bowl season. Six and a half sacks on the season. The Commanders have a home game on Sunday against the Falcons. Again, Jonathan Allen of the Commanders joins us here on the program. Jonathan, what's going on? Welcome to the program. How you doing? Doing great. Doing doing really good. And you guys are playing some really good football. And I, that's where I want to start. Like, specifically with the defense, how well is this defense played, in your opinion, since that loss uh, to the uh, to the Eagles? Even in that Dallas game, you, you guys played a good football game. I think we're playing really well. I think everybody is really being on the same page. You've got a lot of great communication going on. You're just not having a lot of buzz. You have eleven guys who are flying around to the ball, and I think I mean it's really showing on our film when you turn us uh, when you turn us on. Yeah, why? Why? What's the difference? Why has it been different? I think it's time and attention. I mean, at the beginning of the year, we were still trying to find pieces. Defoe has been playing really good for us. I mean, the guy. I mean, there's a lot of young guys. I think the secondary is really stepping up the level. And I would even like to say the way the offense is running the ball right now, it allows us to stay fresher and not be on the field as much. And I think that's part of why you seen this play so much better and more consistent football. You know, during this stretch, you got your first career interception against the Bears. You know, talk talk about that. That's a, that's a pretty – I mean, you've done done almost all. You've done it almost all. Now you've gotten your first interception. Man, it, it was really cool being able to get my first interception. You know, my wife is actually from Champaign, Illinois. So to be able to make that play in front of the home crowd – of her and her family was really cool. So it's definitely something that's even the lineman you dream about, not that you can really plan for, but I'm just happy I was able to make a play and help my team win that football game, you know? Absolutely. Jonathan Allen in his sixth season in the National Football League, all with the Washington Commanders, joins us here on Box to Row. Speak to last year and you being able to sign uh, that extension to stay with the Commanders for the next four years, at least. Yeah. I mean, one of my main goals when I first came into the league was I wanted to play my entire career with one thing, and I really think I have a good opportunity, and that's a great possibility to do that here. You know, being from this area, it was uh, it was, it was really cool to be able to sign that extension. You know, it's definitely good that the coaches saw that I was worthy of an extension like that. So, I mean, everything's going good, man. God is good. I'm just so blessed to be in the position I'm in. Yeah, can you speak to really how well, I mean, you guys up front are playing so well, particularly you and Duran in the middle. Can you kind of kind of speak to that, how well you guys are playing? You guys actually both have six and a half sacks. Are you, are you, are you guys trying to one-up each other? Oh, we definitely are. We, we definitely are competing. And, and I feel like that's one of the things that makes the D-line kind of thrive. We always have healthy competition and want to challenge one another and always push each other to be the best we can be. So, I mean, I say guys like Sweat and Payne and James Williams and Casey, too. They made my job so much easier. So, my job to go out there and try to make their life a little bit easier. Wait, I got to – you know, I guess I just – I don't know, man. I mean, I'm from the area, too, right? So, wait, I got to back up because I don't think I knew that about you, right? So, I mean, what was what was the was the Washington team, we'll call them that, uh, was that your team growing up? So, I was a Rams fan my entire life. So I moved um, to Ashburn Virginia in my ninth grade year. That's when I started actually running it, running into some of the players, going to the training camps and spending a lot of time with them. And that's when I truly became a big Redskins fan. Yeah, for you, 
I mean, what's I mean, being from the area, like you said, it's 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 really cool. I mean, how was it? I mean, that's different from where you had grown up the previous time to your ninth grade year. What what was that adjustment like for you? And and uh, now representing the area or the area as we call it uh, with the Washington Commanders. It's, I mean, it's a dream come true. Like I said, it's something that you can't really prepare for. You can't really plan for it. Um, it's something that if you wrote a story about it, it wouldn't even seem real. So every day I just try to, you know, be appreciative, be humble, and give back to the city everything they've given me. No doubt about it. Jonathan Allen joins us here on the program. Chase Young uh, coming back. Talk about what that means, not only to this defense, but to the team as a whole. It means, it means a lot to the team, but even more so for the team, and I know how much it means to Chase. People don't understand the mental aspect of when you go through an injury and what that does to you. So for him to be able to come back after what he's been through, man, I'm, I'm super excited for him, and I'm looking forward to seeing him go out there and play. What does it mean, or what did it mean to you? I mean, you, you'd been building to this, right? Building to this, building to this, having some good seasons, and it popped off really last year by being voted to the Pro Bowl. Tell me what that meant to you. Man, that meant a lot. That meant a lot. To be voted amongst, you know, the fans and the coaches and the players as one of the best players in the league, that really meant a lot to me. And that's really not an honor or a regard that I take lightly. I understand there's a lot of great players every year who don't get in. So to be voted in, man, it, it truly is a blessing. A couple of more thoughts with Jonathan Allen, gracious enough to join us here on the program. So speak to giving back to the community is particularly one that you grew up in and um you know the the particular charity that you work with in terms of the youth in 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 the foster care system yeah no i work with a uh, saucer bruce youth work um they provide shelter and housing for uh, i want to say runaway children but a lot of the times it's children before they go into the core system they have a opportunity to go to the saucer bruce youth work in dc and you know, have the ability to go through programs to reunite them with their family or as children who are just for whatever reason homeless or lost. And, God, they just do so much, so many great things for the kids in that community. Um, I don't think a lot of people know that D.C. doesn't receive the same funding as a state because technically it's not a state. So, man, there's a lot of things that they need that they just financially cannot afford. So, Sasha Bruce has been up for so long and they do so many great things for the kids in the community. And it's really one of the ways that I give back and show my appreciation, you know, to the city and to these kids. No doubt you and, and your family have pledged uh, a, a significant amount of money, $3 million at least. That's what I read in terms of charities in Washington. But why specifically is that piece important to you? Why, that, meaning the foster care piece. Why is that specifically important to you? Yeah, well, growing up, I spent a little time in foster care myself, and I understand what it's like to kind of be lost in the system. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's one of the areas that not, I don't feel like they get a lot of recognition, especially in the D.C. area. Um, and I wanted to do something that was kind of close to home for me. So that, that's why I partnered with, uh, with Sasha Bruce. The Falcons, your thoughts coming uh, coming to FedEx Field, your thoughts on the Falcons, maybe the, some of the challenges that the Falcons present? I'm excited. I really, I really am excited. I think that, you know, they have a phenomenal running game. They have a phenomenal quarterback who can also use his legs. And they play down the field, so I think this is a good challenge for the defensive line to see if you know we're for the challenge. I think we will be. Um, first case first, you got to stop the run. You got to make them a one-dimensional team, and if we do that, I think we'll have success. So, okay, man, I'm looking forward to it. Every game is another opportunity to go out there and you know get our names out there and build towards what we're trying to ultimately trying to get to. No doubt about it. Last thought: Your thoughts on 
Alabama so far, Crimson Tide got a couple of losses, currently ranked seventh in the college football playoff rankings. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a frustrating season. And I know people who, if you're not a part of Alabama, you don't understand, but this is not a good season for us. Now, we still have a chance to get into the college football playoff, and I don't really see the situation where we get in, but as long as we have a chance, that's good. But, I mean, I'll just be honest, that Alabama is national championship or nothing. So, not to say that the other bowl games aren't important, but consider a failed season if you're not holding up the title at the end of the year. And that's just the standard we've had ourselves, you know? Yeah, and that, that one you got in 2015, I know that was really special to you. Yeah, that was that was a crazy year, man, especially after we lost the Ole Miss and to be able to rally back and push through. And, man, special time. No doubt. Jonathan Allen, sixth season, all in the National Football League, all with the Washington Commanders. He was a pro bowler last year, six and a half sacks on the season as the Commanders at home on Sunday to face the Falcons. Jonathan, really appreciate you doing this, man. Happy Thanksgiving. Continued success to you and the Commanders. Thank you so much for having me on. Jonathan Allen of the Washington Commanders joining us here on the program. And uh, as he said, I mean, it's, you know, and and they've been reinvigorated, uh, I I think, uh, with the play, meaning the Commanders, with also the play of Taylor Haneke. You get Chase Young back uh, this weekend as well, even though, I mean, you, you you know, that defensive line is so deep. Even when, you know, maybe Allen and Payne aren't in there, even Sweat, you know, you got Smith-Williams on the other side. I mean, this is a deep, deep defensive line, and it's one that has played well, and it's uh, really a big part of the reason why the Commanders have had a lot of success. Again, you go back to that Eagles game. It was a blowout. Even the next game, as I mentioned to Jonathan, against the Cowboys was much better. And then from there, it has started to really roll. Only one loss since the Dallas loss, and that was to the Vikings, which was definitely a winnable game. Uh, but you you look at this team and uh, really look into uh, winning the NFC East is out of the question, okay? Uh, the Eagles too far of a lead right now. The Cowboys are playing. I mean, I think the Cowboys made a statement in that win over the Vikings, but now you're playing to get one of those three at-large berths to the playoffs, and so we'll ultimately uh, see what happens with the Washington Commanders, and very appreciative of Jonathan Allen for joining us here on the program. Before we get out of here, we didn't talk uh, any HBCU today here on the program for those th- uh, that – Uh, Don't know. Of course, you can check out our podcast, the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, Prairie View A&M had an opportunity to close it out. And you remember me talking about this last week. All the Panthers had to do was beat Mississippi Valley State, who had won one football game this year. And not only could the Panthers not do that, they got blown out 27-7. to So now... The Southern is in a position where if it wins this football game, then Southern will be in the SWAC championship game against Jackson State. And wow, I mean, I thought Southern, I mean, especially when Southern got blown out by Texas Southern early, I was like, man, that's that's a tough loss. You lose to Alcorn State. We talked about the whole potential of a four-way tie situation. But anyway, Southern Southern wins, 
and it's in. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Willie Fritz, the head football coach at Tulane, for joining us on the program. Jonathan Allen of the Washington Commanders for joining us today as well. Continue to have a happy and safe Thanksgiving weekend. And always remember to support those that support you. Your Rope is produced by DW Communications. I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, chicken, turkeys, rabbits. You name it! Look! I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rabbits. You name it! Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs.